Hi, this is Stephanie Hansen, and you're listening to the Makers of Minnesota podcast, where we talk to cool people doing cool things. And I am here today with Cheryl Gendler, and she is the owner of Cheryl's Nut Butters. And we all start out and we think of like peanut butters and these natural peanut butters. And I don't know about you, Cheryl, but I had this like bad connotation of natural peanut butter where it's all like oily and it separates. And your peanut butter is not like that at all. How did you get started making peanut butter? Well, it was probably about eight years ago or so. I had bought a Vitamix and I decided to try making myself some peanut butter. So I just went out and bought a tin of peanuts, roasted salted peanuts, and I tasted it. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe how good this is. And I used to think that Skippy was peanut butter, and it's really not. And I'll never forget the first time I went, I was in a hotel and their breakfast was really bad. So I just grabbed a bagel and a little single pack of Skippy, and I couldn't believe how awful it was. And to think that that was what I used to eat. And what, um, go ahead. What What were you doing in your career or did you have a career when you started working on this peanut butter? So I had spent a lot of years at Target and their corporate offices. And then I was at Finger Hut for several years and um, left there when they were having their, when they were shutting the doors. Right. And then I was just doing some different things. I had been repping and then 9-11 happened and, you know, it just kind of was a tough time and the peanut butter thing just happened literally by accident and uh, was very, um, it was very amateurish in the beginning, just used deli hinge containers, just had three flavors, plain peanut, plain almond, plain cashew, but people still loved it, even though it wasn't like super professional looking or anything like that. And so it's been great to see the changes along the way and the evolution. And, you know, now I've got like close to 30 flavors and just a huge loyal following that love my nut butters. They love the quality. They love the freshness. And so it's, it's been cool. And even um, I've been making changes on the website lately and a couple months ago, I had called into Weebly because I needed some help. And then I called in two days later, and they, the guy said, did you just call in the other day? And I was thinking, uh, why does he want to know that? <laughs> and I go, <laughs> yeah, why? He goes, because the person that was helping you thought your website looked so fantastic that she sent us all an email saying that we've all got to check out this website. So again, you know, I started out, you know, not a great website in the beginning, but it's, it's fun to see the changes and it's great to hear from the website people, how great it looks. And I've had some great professional photography done. And so it's just, even though, you know, you always need a starting point and I'm glad I started where I did because it's just been really great to see the changes along the way. And to really develop such a loyal following of customers. So it's been been fun. A lot of work, but it's been great. Let's talk about the website for just a second. Have you always sold on websites? Or tell me about that process of building a website and how you found the person to build it. So I went for quite a while without a website. Because at that point, I was just like, oh, I don't need a website. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
And to me, it was just daunting to think about because I'm not a tech savvy person. And so finally, I found somebody to build a website and that didn't go so well, kind of took the money and never finished it. So that was a good learning point for me because I just got on the phone with Weebly and they helped me get it fixed. And uh, the website, it's been great. And, you know, especially during the pandemic, if I wouldn't have had the website, if I wouldn't have had the email list that I had from all my customers, there would have been no business. So it's so and then I've also learned a lot because I'm adding gift boxes right now. And I was working on it over the weekend. And so Sundays out was a good time to call Weebly because they're not as busy. And that's just such a great way to learn how to do stuff. You know, having somebody walk you through something rather than fumbling around, screwing up my website. And so they're always so helpful and it's just a great way to learn. So now I just, I just do most of it myself. There's some things that I've had to have done from other people, but um, for the most part, when I need to do stuff on it now, I just, I do it myself. You have really nice, beautiful packaging and it's very professional looking. Can you talk about how you found someone to design your packaging and how much it costs to get professional packaging? So I um, started out, again, this was when I was just using the deli hinge containers. I called a friend and I'm like, oh my God, I got to start making this stuff. And um, so she just whipped up some labels. So again, that was just part of my, you know, beginning. This is amateur looking, but you know, it worked for the time. And then after that, when I decided to go to plastic containers with the screw on lid and you know I hand seal every jar at that point so she made some round labels for me to fit those jars and then you know I want to ask her to keep doing stuff and so then at that point I did find somebody professional and so I had my idea I knew pretty much what I wanted so it was kind of me more telling her what I wanted and I can't remember exactly how much it cost but it wasn't like it wasn't anything, it wasn't crazy. And then now I have somebody that when I need like new flavors, they're just able to take my existing label and make changes to it. So now it's just a lot easier if I add a flavor, stuff like that. So it wasn't, um, you know, I know some people are super expensive and even with, you know, like photography, you know, I found somebody in Chicago who does great work and her price is great. So I think too, you know, if you're on a budget, there's ways to find people that do great work that don't charge an arm or leg. How did you find your person in Chicago that did the photography? So, yeah, I was actually, so I had different people doing photography in the past and was never really that happy with most of it. You know, some was good, some wasn't so much. And so I was at the one of a kind show in Chicago that I've been doing for the last couple of years. And she actually was there and saw me and reached out to me after the show and asked if I was looking for any photography. And it's turned out great because even though it's a long distance thing, I just send her the stuff. She just hangs out of the jars. So that way, if I need more photography, she's already got everything sitting there. Or last week I was going to Indiana. so. I met up with her to give her some new stuff, like for the boxes that needed to be done. So it's worked out great, even though it's long distance. It's not like anything you have to really be in the same place for. 
So right. she does fantastic work and it's actually been the best photography I've ever had. So um, it's been good. A lot of your sales, I would imagine, come through artisan markets and vendor markets. With COVID, how has that impacted you? Huge. <laughs> Huge. Um, can't, can't say that it hasn't. Um, what does but, a regular year look like for you versus what it looks like now? I mean, I normally do events like pretty much constantly. And my website business this year has been better than normal. So people are at least buying on the website. It obviously doesn't make up for the loss of events, but you know, I'm making it through and that's what's important and keep focusing on the website and the customers I do have. And I think the addition of gift boxes will be great because hopefully people that buy for themselves, it'll put more in their head to think gifts with an actual box versus just buying jars. And, um, you know, I've had a few events, so I've done what I can do. And the ones I've done, they've, you know, been pretty good. I was in North Dakota one weekend and wasn't as busy as it normally is, but sales really weren't that far off of a normal year. So, um, you know, it's, you, you just got to find a way to make it through and, it's, you know, it was really scary for the beginning of the year and never thought it would go on this long with COVID. And it has, and who knows how much longer, but you know, it's, you know, I'm getting through it and it's working and um, yeah. looking forward obviously to all the events coming back. It's been a heartbreaking year. I had, was going to do a lot of events that I hadn't done before that were going to be fantastic events, but there's nothing you can do about it. I like that your positive attitude. I mean, you're right. You can't really dwell on it. You just try to move forward. When you think about um, your email list, it's kind of funny because you're not the only person that's mentioned that. And you wouldn't think, you know, everybody thought emails were going away, right? But it's become a really direct link to customers. How do you manage your email list and how often do you send out? Well, this year I've sent it out a whole lot more than I used to. <laughs> but what actually happens with it because there's always just a certain percentage of people that open up the emails. So it seems like any, you know, I could send it out three times in a week and every time I'm going to get an order from somebody else. Cause not everybody opens it. So like I said, I've sent it out more this year than I have in the past, especially like back in March when I had made product for like a lot of shows and I came home from the East coast from when the disaster started and I just sat and looked at all this product I had made and I just wanted to cry. <laughs> like, what am I going to do with all this? But little by little, I, you know, worked through it and I just started sending out my newsletter like all the time. And I figured if somebody's truly my customer, they're not going to care how often I send it out. And if they're not my customer and they get irritated, well then whatever, you know, yeah. So, but the email list has been my savior. If I wouldn't have had that, would have really been a disaster. So, I'm grateful for the list that I did keep. And it's definitely the loyal people. So, do you imagine that you will try and move into like stores or into grocery? Or do you like kind of this craft movement, as it were, and going to the shows and? Here's the thing, going to the shows, it's obviously 
really hard work, but it's where I feel like I get the best payoff. And a lot of it is the sampling. People taste them and they just, they can't believe how much better they are than what they get in the stores. And, you know, you see so many things sitting on the store shelf that you don't know that mine is better. Or when people taste my almond butter, they're like, oh my God, I've never had almond butter like this. You don't know that when it's sitting there. So when people are standing in front of me, I get people who will stand and taste 10, 15 different flavors. And they're like, oh my God, every one of these is so good. So that's what's really been part of my, a huge part of my success. So, you know, I kind of was looking at some different things for this year for wholesaling. And, you know, it's not that easy to just take what you've been doing and all of a sudden just try and do an about face. And finally, I just got to the point where I'm like, you know what, I just need to finish out the year with what I'm doing and maybe look at some things next year. You know, I got set up on a wholesale website and I haven't gotten orders from that. And it's not costing me anything to be there, but you know, it's just the way I've done it has really worked. So, you know, next year, if this is going to continue, I'll work more at some other things, but really the sampling is what makes my events so successful. Yeah. Someone told me that without sampling, they lost 30% of their sales. Yeah, I believe that. And, you know, when the farmer's markets were going to start, and that was when I realized that mine weren't going to happen. It was too late to get into the farmer's markets. And I really don't do much with the farmer's markets anymore. But then when they said, well, yeah, we're opening a can sample. And I'm like, well, forget it. I'm not going. It's it's pointless for me to go. I'd rather I'd rather work, spend the time working on other things than to go sit there and not be able to sample. Because that's right. really what it's all about. It's huge. So tell me about your product specifically. Like what you've got 30 flavors, so you're probably not going to name off all 30, but tell me about some that you're particularly proud of. Well, even just to start the plain flavors, like you said, there was not a pile of oil sitting on top of it and they taste great. Um, and that's really all about the freshness. When you get something at the store that has a couple inches of oil on it, it was made two or three years ago. So I'm just really proud of that. I was able to just make a plain product that tastes so great and people love and people understand the quality and the freshness. One of my first flavored peanut butters was the peanut butter with dried apples, honey, and cinnamon. It was a huge hit back eight, nine years ago, and it's still one of my top sellers. It just, it doesn't stop. Then another one of the really big sellers is the almond butter with cranberry, honey, and cinnamon. That one for a while I was ready to give up on because I didn't have the honey in it, like the one with the apples. And so I thought, you know, I'm going to try doing it with the honey. And then now that's been a huge hit that doesn't stop selling. Another big seller, which surprises a lot of people, is the almond butter with rosemary and garlic. Did you taste that? I did. I did. We had it on some peanut noodles. Did you? Um, So everybody stands there and they go, well, yeah, I like rosemary and garlic, but in my peanut butter, I go, well, no, it's almond butter. (laughs) They taste it and they're like, oh my gosh, this is like amazing. 
And again, that's like a whole thing with the sampling during the pandemic. I wasn't really selling that much. Well, we're still in the pandemic, but when I stopped doing events, I wasn't selling that much of the rosemary and garlic. I'd get reorders if somebody had bought it before. Now that I've been back at a few events, it's selling like crazy again. So the savory, um, the savory flavors have been great. And just, again, just proud, you know, to think outside the box and do some things different that have really worked like really, really well. Then my newest creation, did you taste the nutty monkey? Not yet. No. Okay. So that's my newest creation. Actually, a friend of mine found this recipe and wanted to come over to my kitchen and may have me make it for herself. And we both tasted it and we were like blown away. And that just in like a few weeks is right up there with my top sellers. Tell us what's in it for the listeners. So the Nutty Monkey has cashews, peanuts, um, banana chips, a little maple, vanilla, and cinnamon. So I was in Indiana. A week ago, Saturday, somebody had bought a small jar of it. I don't know, three days ago or so, four days ago. So within a few days of her buying that jar, she ordered two large jars <laughs> with a note like, this stuff is amazing. So that's been a huge hit. So just, um, just makes me happy how much people love the product. And I work really hard to keep it really fresh all the time. You know, I'm not making my stuff a year in advance of selling it. A lot of times I'm making it and selling it three days later. Not all the time, but I just try to keep it really fresh. And people really appreciate my customer service. So I'm really proud of that, that I keep my customers really happy. And I do anything I can to go out, go, go out of my way for them. And it's recognized, you know, just yeah. with the notes I get and um, the loyalty that I have. So I appreciate it, that. Yeah, it's um, it's huge. Customer service is huge. And it normally doesn't go unrecognized. Yeah. So what's your website, Cheryl, so people can find your holiday boxes? And how are you formulating the holiday boxes? Can they pick like two or four or what are you doing? So what I've done is I've created seven different configurations with top sellers. And so that's what's going to be on my website. Should have it live in the next couple of days. Just have to fix a couple of things. Um, and obviously I'm flexible. And if somebody wants to do something different, I'll always do that. I'll okay. So what's the website address, Cheryl? It is uh, Cheryl'sNutButters.com. And people can go ahead. By the time this airs, your website will be live because I'm a few weeks in advance. So yes, for so holiday web... gifts, people oh, can order. Absolutely. So what I've been doing right now is I'm just working like on a temporary page just to get the boxes on there. And so my website's obviously live, but by the end of this week, the gift part, gift box part will be live too. Okay. So like I said, I'm a couple weeks out. So by the time people yes. hear this, they can order and they should be absolutely. good to go. Absolutely. Thank you, Cheryl, for being our guest on the Makers Thank of Minnesota. You, it's Cheryl's Nut Butters. I met Cheryl at a market. She was really lovely. And I'm looking forward to seeing you at a market again soon, hopefully next summer. Yeah, I can't wait. Hopefully next summer things will be happening again. Yeah, I'm hoping. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Stephanie. Thanks, Cheryl. Bye.